This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash, and on this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. In this episode, after World War II, hundreds of thousands of U.S. service members were unwittingly subjected to radiation tests by their own government. Today, many of them are still fighting for health care and a proper acknowledgement of their sacrifice. This is The Backstory. about a nuclear explosion above the fireplace. Photographs from atomic tests are the inspiration behind the unique artwork of Jan Peter Falkens. I think that like subject matter and like, you know, that destruction of reality is something that's always current and always reoccurring throughout history. Falkens' small marks seem ordinary and meaningless. But as you pull back, the big picture is revealed. Like the atomic bomb, small amounts of matter release large quantities of energy. And like the destruction, as you're moving closer to the artwork, reality is shattered. By the way, each block is abstracted. You don't have a sense of what that reality is anymore. The image disappears. The top-secret Manhattan Project is built under the football stadium at the University of Chicago. There, scientists developed the first man-made nuclear reactor. Fire! A kilogram of uranium, smaller than a golf ball, ignites an explosion equal to 20,000 tons of TNT. While the bombs in Japan end World War II, there's still much to be learned about nuclear weapons and the impact of radiation. Little do sailors like Aubrey Biggs know, they are part of the test. I think all soldiers appreciate the risk in going to war, but this seems like you guys were somewhat unwittingly being used as guinea pigs. Is that a fair assessment? We didn't know we were going over there. We didn't know what we were going to do. We just, they signed us and we went away, that's all. When you look at that picture, what do you think of? Oh, how what a good-looking guy I was, and chasing all the girls. When Aubrey Biggs enlists in the Navy, his dad has to sign the papers because Aubrey is only 17. His dad fights in World War One, and Biggs' two brothers are injured serving in the Army during World War Two. They both got hit over in Germany by hand grenades and. Uh, they hadn't seen one another for quite a few years, and uh, they wound up in the hospital to get a side-by-side. I wanted to get over there and tear some heads off. <laughs> I would do it all over again. I love the Navy. Operation Crossroads takes place in 1946. 
in the Marshall Islands, 2,400 miles west of Hawaii. Five, four, As the military eight, drops bombs on old ships, one, sailors like Aubrey Biggs watch from a distance. The government is dropping bombs on these ships, and uh, you're on another ship. How far away? I was, I would say 10, 11 miles. What did they give you for protection, or did they just feel that you were safe? Did you feel you were safe? Well, I was scared. Uh, they had us squatting on the deck and then uh, covered our eyes up. They didn't want us looking at the bomb, only counted the flash. And then they would tell us when we could look in the mushroom cloud. Aubrey Biggs is one of 400,000 servicemen exposed to radiation. They're called atomic veterans. On deck, there's no protection. They wear t-shirts and jeans or khakis. Some even bathe in the contaminated water. Later, many develop ailments. I just did a job that they asked me to do. Did you have a sense of what that job was? No, I didn't have a sense of what the job was, no. How does it make you feel knowing that they put you in that position? Well, I think they could have took care of us a little bit better than what they did, you know. They sign an oath to keep quiet about Operation Crossroads. But when many start suffering health problems, they break their silence. For your ailments that you experience from there, how much pain and discomfort have you been in over the decades? Oh, God, I couldn't answer that one. It's a lot of pain. When you don't sleep at nighttime, and if you sweat or something with the irritation of the skin and your clothes, it just... It's pretty miserable. Oh, that's my National Association of Atomic Veterans. I was a commander from 95 to 204. When you go and say, I need help for this, does the government say, well, you can't prove it. You can't prove your ailments are from the test. Is that what even, they say to you? They don't even say nothing about the atomic veterans. They, it's, everything is hush-hush. So you call to try and get help, and they say, sorry, I can't help you. Well, they give us a pill and send us home. <laughs> With us are many family members of citizens who were subject to human radiation experiment. In 1988, Congress establishes a system of compensation of 21 types of cancer. The United States government actually did carry out on our citizens experiments involving radiation. And in 1995, President Clinton apologizes for past official actions. The United States of America offers a sincere apology to those of our citizens who were subjected to these experiments. Good morning again, ladies and gentlemen. But another historic event overshadows the apology. On that same day, we the jury in the above entitled action. The jury acquits O.J. Simpson in his murder trial. Simpson not guilty of the crime of murder in violation of Penal Code Section 187. Much of America misses the atomic veteran's story, including many atomic veterans. And been to Washington a couple of times and argued with the senators and the congressmen, but it doesn't do any good. Biggs is the former state commander for the National Association Better of Atomic Better. Veterans. He says Washington is good at making promises, not so great at keeping them. Big says his ailments are from his time during Operation Crossroads, one of the images Falkins uses for his artwork. 
This is the Baker shot. It's like on one of the islands in the Pacific. He uses an algorithm to convert shades of gray to his custom ink colors. At this certain point, like I'm here, so I have a violet, and I just basically, you know, make my mark. The higher-ups were invited to watch it from the bleachers. So this picture is actually looking at the audience instead of the actual bomb going off. And they're wearing these goggles, so they're watching the spectacle. It's just so fascinating to see how larger than reality this, 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 this thing that, that's, that's happening really is. It's mesmerizing for them then and mesmerizing for us still today. Even seeing just pictures or video, the awesome power that can destroy a city. That's what inspires Falkins when he's just a boy. This is Crossroads. This is in the Netherlands. This is uh, me and my sister at my dad's vegetable garden. He grows up in the Netherlands in the 1980s during the final phase of the Cold War. It was a very fearful time and I just remember as a young child like asking my dad, you know, is the world coming to an end? You know, I was probably five or six and I was a sensitive kid, you know. Obviously my dad, you know, downplayed it and told me not to worry about it, but this probably was my first confrontation with mortality. This one is called Ivy King. His marks of color bring a contemporary feel to history a discussion that needs to continue for the sake of atomic vets and for the future of the planet. Now that's a provocative conversation piece. They don't want something on their wall that will disappear into wallpaper. I mean, you have wallpaper for, for that. When you're looking at art, when a lot of people are looking at art, they want something that excites them, that grabs their attention. Victor Armendariz features the works in his gallery in Chicago. The subject matter is immediately arresting. We're looking at bombs, explosions, images that sort of instill fear. And it's that fear which grabs your attention. And that I like about his work. Well, I, I usually have some good tomatoes, but this year... Aubrey Biggs doesn't need the pictures. He was there. I said, every year it gets slower and slower. I can't do it like I used to do. He's afraid the conversation will never lead to the health care or respect he deserves. It's a long way to go. I don't think we'll ever get anything. I don't ever live to see anything. I'm proud to be a atomic veteran because I think I did something for my country. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at WGNTV.com slash Backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.